May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with each and every one of you. It is good to be here again. Um, I'm honored uh, to be uh, here sharing the word uh, with you. With me, my wife Christina also came this time. And we are just coming back from a trip to uh, South Africa. We came from Johannesburg um, over the weekend. And yesterday was her birthday. And uh, she was, we had meal in, in Africa Friday, uh, stopped by in London, in Europe uh, yesterday morning and had lunch here in America. It was a nice and different way of, of celebrating uh, her birthday. And we are glad to be back home. But um, uh, last time I was here, I had a chance to preach on the book of, of Philippians. We're going to continue to do that. And the book of Philippians has only four, four chapters. And before we pray... Um, Paul wrote to this, this church. He planted the church, and now he's sharing some uh, new information and, and teaching them uh, important things about the faith and also uh, their task as uh, future leaders and leaders that they were. And on the middle of this chapter, the chapter that we have today, uh, chapter number three, he's going to emphasize the, the idea of applying what we believe into pursuing God's will for our lives. And this is the emphasis uh, for today. Let's uh, read the text and then I will pray. Chapter 3 of Book of Philippians in your program. Uh, you have a page number 952, uh, verse 12, chapter 3. This is what the word says. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of what for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and is straining toward what uh, is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join uh, with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern uh, we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ. Who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control. Will transform our lower lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body this is the word of the lord let's pray one more time father as we continue in your presence may your holy spirit guide us during this reflection of your word as we we share it Uh, bless my lips and also bless our ears speak to us may your holy spirit guide us and you know our needs we depend on you. This is a spiritual food. This is your special revelation. This is your word for us. Then speak to us. 
We ask this, trusting the name of Christ. Amen. I really like this book of, of Philippians. And in this part, makes me think about uh, goals that we have in life. Purpose that we have in life. And Paul, when he was writing to this Christians, he was pushing towards that. They were Christians, they knew the Lord, they, they were transformed, they were a local church, as we are here today. And they needed to know that they have specific things that God ha- was challenging them. Each one of us, I believe, we have a purpose in life. We have a specific call in life. And um, I would ask you, uh, as I ask to myself all the time, what makes you thick? What, what, is, what do you think it is the purpose of, of your life? Why, why are you here for? What are you aiming for to, to accomplish in your, in, your, in your life? Where are you going? What is really important to you? And I think when Paul gets to the middle of this letter, he's asking this question. He's, he's introducing the fact Everybody knew that Jesus Christ was the Savior. He had a good theology. He was explaining about salvation. He was explaining about uh, the, the justification that we are declared righteous before our Lord. He was talking also about sanctification. It's this process of pursuing God and what is right and leaving behind what is wrong, what is not producing anything. He was also talking about this other a theological term called glorification, which is when we die and we go to heaven, we'll be completely holy before the throne of God and experiencing all the details of being fully human in the presence of Almighty God without sin. He was explaining all this. But as he was doing so, he started asking, what is our purpose? Not only thinking about heaven, but as we know that we have heaven, right now, what are the implications of that? It is really important to have those dreams and goals and and finding what we like in in life. And sometimes, even being a pastor, I sometimes think when I hear Paul, I read what he says, I I think like, but this is Paul, I'm just Darcy. And perhaps if you are not even working in the church like a staff person or a full-time job, you might think that, you know, those spiritual questions, those purpose questions are for those that are kind of a work in the church more intensely. I have my life. I need to take care of my kids. I need to do things with my family. I need to pursue my job. I need to save money. I need to buy my house. Those that are religious, they will have more influence or more concerns about those questions. But I don't think this is the case. Some of us will be called to work in the church and be paid working for that. But over the centuries, over the last two millennia, most of the people, 90% of the people in churches were not clergy or paid by the church. There are a bunch of volunteers serving the Lord with intensity. And I like to think about that because I think in the beginning of my ministry, among so many people that mentored me, I had two persons, two women that really uh, touched me. One was a former missionary. She was retired from Europe, working in Brazil, and was a grandma really wise, and she helped me a lot as I was uh, discovering the deals of church and ministry and difficulties. She was always there to ask hard questions, to ask good questions, to pray for me, to, to talk with me. It was really, really good. I learned a lot with her, with her experience. But there was another lady. She was a mother too, younger in faith. But when she got saved, she started immersing herself, studying the word, knowing God, praying. She was wise. But she did not have all the 
theological education as the other friend that I have. She was with her husband, janitors of one of our churches. But she knew the Lord. And it was good to talk with her. A young pastor as myself who was single, coming and talk with her. She would speak the word of God. She would give the joy and excitement of serving the Lord from a complete different standpoint, but with intensity and love and compassion. And both of them, at that time, they were not paid by the church to do a thing. They were just serving Christ and blessing others, like all of us uh, uh, should be doing. I like this text because Paul starts emphasizing and challenging the folks in that congregation and us here uh, at Grace Redeemer too to understand what we are here for. The importance of having a goal, of understanding what God wants for us. For example, because of this trip to South Africa, for the first time, Christina and I had a chance to go to Soweto. And Soweto is a place we have two things, among so many other things. Was the city was formed just because um, back in the days when Johannesburg was growing, they could not... They did not like the idea of having all the Africans and the whites on the same location. And they created a city to put the Africans, the owners of the land, on that side of the city. And then they created Soweto. And Soweto was huge. Soweto is the place where some changes happen. And Soweto is the place where Nelson Mandela used to live. And one of the places we visit was his home. It became a small museum, a small home. And it was nice to see that man when he was living there. And went to prison because he was trying to fight for South Africa. And he was in prison for 29 years before he became the man that he was. He was already growing and developing. But after 29 years in prison, he was able to get out of the prison and be an um, important figure in the process of transforming South Africa. And became the president. He had a goal. And when we start listening to, reading uh, about it. We see that going life, that desire to do something different, to transform the country. Another place we went is uh, the Apartheid Museum. Beautiful place, really well done with history, videos, and, and, and it was amazing. Great job to look for us to learn about history. But I felt sad because came to my mind again how, how evil our hearts are. And when we have power, how much evil can we do to others? And how terrible was the circumstances that the people of South Africa, especially the Africans, felt for so many years. And the things that they suffered in order to regain uh, 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 their space in the land. Paul, talking with the Philippians, did something, something similar. Talking about the kingdom of God being uh, introduced in this land. Of course... The Bible is completely different in the sense that it's the cosmic transformation. This is the, 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 the message of God coming and blessing the people uh, of, uh, of, of the land. When Paul challenged those folks in Philippi, he was bringing to their memories who we are in Christ Jesus. What is our purpose? What God has done for, for us? And I will emphasize just a few verses, 12 to um, uh, 13 or 14. Um, and the emphasis is the big theme that I press on. 
Paul talking with the Philippians and trying to encourage them to see the reality of who they were in Christ Jesus, uh, the plan of God for their lives and for their future, the assurance of eternal life, the commitment to the needs of folks around. He said, I press on to fulfill what God has for me. Verse 12, for example, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for which Christ took hold of me. I like the way he put the words that I'm pursuing Christ, thinking what Christ has pursued me. I'm serving him because he has uh, uh, come come to me. And I would like just to say, even the way the, the Bible is written here, uh, three things about pursuing this goal, this pressing on. It says this, brothers and sisters, verse 13, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Verse 13b says, but one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind and is straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's talk about three things today. Forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, and press on toward the goal in order to press on and find out and fulfill and go to what God has, has for us. In order to do that, pressing on, one thing he does uh, forgetting what is behind. And I would ask you the quest, a question. What should we left behind? Why Paul is saying this? I will start with the negative and then I talk with the positive. One of the things that uh, Paul said that we need to leave behind was our past fears. Our old past focus. Things that we used to find that were... Uh, 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 good for us are our past failures. Paul wants you and me and the people in Philippi to forget what's, what's, what is behind in order to achieve the goal. The language is a language of athletes. And if you think about uh, the Olympics happening this coming month, all those athletes uh, uh, training and preparing themselves to play, to fight with one another for f- minutes. For a few hours, their lives being put together on that. And one thing that athletes, they always need to know, is that sometimes our failures, you need to leave them behind. We cannot fight for them all the time. And I like when Paul says, forgetting what is behind, things that we've done. And remember Paul, he was there when uh, Stephen, the first martyr of the Christian faith, was being uh, stoned. He did not stone the guy, but he was there holding the clothes of the guys that were killing our first martyr. He was there because he was so faithful to his former religion, pursuing God, that he did not recognize that Christ was the Messiah. Christ was the key to, to, to uh, approach God, and he was there. But he let that back. He confessed, and he was ready to run the race. But one thing that was necessary was to leave behind the negative things. I don't know if you are familiar with the Old Testament text, uh, the book of Ruth. And Ruth um, had a mother-in-law called Naomi. She was an immigrant. She left people of, of Israel, went to another land. And in that land, with her husband and two kids, uh, they grew up. And the husband died. The two kids died after both of them got married. And she was in completely 
stress. And she decided to go back to her, her land. And when she was going back to her land, and Ruth, one of her daughter-in-laws, decided to go with her, uh, she came to the city. All the women got excited for her coming back and said, Naomi, you are here. And then she answered the friends, Don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant. She told them, Call me Mara, which means bitter, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune misfortune upon me. I don't know if sometimes you are feeling the same way. Your life is not quite there the way it should. And perhaps today is the day that you and me will have a challenge to leave behind what is putting us back. Helping us face, face down. The Christian life is not only for us to uh, be crying out about the failures and tragedies that had happened to our lives. But another thing that Paul likes to put behind was some special victories. If you know Paul's life, he was, before he became a Christian, he was a unique individual, a spiritual man with a tremendous reputation. He was... That had the right pedigree. He had all the big informations. He was uh, a great leader. And that, his successes, were a cause for him to be losing who God was. And then perhaps for us, as we have this challenge today, to um, let go or forgetting what is behind, uh, the good and the bad, we need to consider. But at the second point, as we pursue what God has for you and me, in the church, outside the church, as a father or mother, as a single person, as a kid, as a professional, as an unemployed individual, as a person, as a Christian. Whatever God has for you, one thing we need to do is living behind what is not producing fruit in our lives. But the second thing is, is straining toward what is ahead. Another word is just like a, uh, achieving a goal, going, reaching forth, doing everything that you have in, in order to achieve your purpose. Um, the full work of salvation is not finished yet. And this is what we call sanctification, pursuing God. And pursuing God is going to what is right and leaving behind what is wrong. And, and this has to do with obedience, with following Christ. The emphasis here is what is necessary for me to do. The word says this. Uh, in Corinthians, Paul talking about pursuing what is ahead. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that is not, uh, will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. I think this is the, what is missing sometimes in our Christian life, pursuing this. If we want to um, get a profession, we go to school. If we want to lose weight, we go to a gym. If we want to learn a new language, we try to find a teacher. If we are in trouble in our work, if we have some money, we hire a coach that will help us 
how to do the next level. We need to find a nice job. We find a recruiter. We always do something to accomplish a thing. And sometimes in the church, we let it like a second degree thing. We do not emphasize as much. And we do not think what God wants us uh, for this. This is why perhaps Paul, even in Philippians chapter 2, says this. Therefore, my dear friends, as you always have obeyed, not only my presence, but now much more my absence... Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his purposes. And according to the Geneva Bible, with, with awe and reverence uh, rather than panic and alarm, this is the emphasis. Uh, pursuing that is what we need. Going back to that same story about uh, Naomi and Ruth um, in the Old Testament, both of them decided to go to the land of Israel, going back. Now, Ruth was not an Israelite by birth. She got married with the son. The son died. And she decided, because of her faith in God, to go with her mother-in-law to their, her new land. But her mother-in-law, Naomi, tried her best to convince Ruth not to go. And I, I like to see her Ruth's um, reaction, considering that straightening forward for what is ahead, when she answered her, her mother-in-law this way, in Ruth chapter 1. Don't urge me, she says, to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even that separates you and me. And then Naomi allowed her daughter-in-law to come along with her. She was pressing on. The last point, as we pursue this, press on to what God has for us. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul press on towards the goal. He wanted to find God's will. He wanted to do what God wanted for his life. And he knew that the land, that the planet that we live in, is just temporary. There, was, there is more ahead. He was not afraid to live. He was in prison, and he was so energetic. How could a man in prison be so excited about the Lord, considering that others had abilities and opportunities? But he says this, verse 20, verses uh, uh, below, But our citizenship is in heaven. Paul says, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Christianity is for real. We are going to die eventually. Christianity provides life here and forever. Paul knew about that. And he was convicted about that. And he was encouraging others to see the world like that. There was life out there. But it is sacrificial here sometimes. And when I was thinking about that, I thought about uh, Chile and the miners. Remember those miners six years ago when they got trapped in one of the mines? 33 of them. And uh, I, I like planes. I, like, I have no problem to small spaces. But I don't think I would feel comfortable being trapped in a, in a mine like that. And you remember, it took like 69, 70 days for them to get 
out of that situation. They start with small probes and people from all over the world, America and Canada, they went there with their technology. But can you imagine all the, they had no, no food in the first two or three days, first two, two or three weeks. They had to eat the food for two or three days in 15 days, eating every other day. And they, they, they brought counselors, they start doing all those things. But can you imagine that they had the hope that one day they would be out of that. But they could not guarantee that that would happen. Can you imagine all the affliction? I like to think about this text. I mean, pressed toward the goal. And that, they, 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 they kept thinking about the day that would be free again. But the odds were against them. After two months or more, they were able to get out of that. It was an amazing thing. But I, I see this as salvation for us. Even though they were trapped inside and they had to work a little bit to help out the system, salvation came from outside. It was the work from outside that would take them away from that situation. They were dreaming about, but salvation was offered for, to them from the outside. I like stories that end well. I really love everybody happy on the end of the story. But most of the stories are not like that. And thinking about this, I thought about Hebrews. And about the heroes that we have in Hebrews. Remember, we have Joseph and, and Moses, folks that really conquer beautiful things. And I like those leaders that they conquer, we finish the stories, and they are faithful to the Lord. They prayed and they conquer and they saved a lot of people. But when you read that chapter and go to the end, there are a bunch of other heroes that did not have such a nice ending of their lives. Pay attention, verse 35, Hebrews. 11. There were others who were tortured, Christians, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated, Christians, faithful men and women of God. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, that only together with us would they be made perfect." As we come to an end of this message, remember the vision of uh, Grace Redeemer, bringing people into a life-transforming encounter with the kingdom of God. This is a huge challenge. And perhaps we need to consider that with all the troubles that our world is facing, friends had another one. I was thinking when I heard that, I was so sad and upset and frustrated. And I would start praying. And I thought, Lord, what would I do if I were there? Would I be running out? Would I be hiding? Would I be sacrificing myself in order to protect somebody else? Because I know where I'm going if I die. The world is so confusing that we don't know what's going to happen. Are we ready to be an agent of transformation if tragedy happens near to us? Are we just to defend ourselves or are we going to save others as Jesus did? It is a challenge for us. We need to start thinking about what we are here for. And as a conclusion, 
um, I would like to bring some questions that are important to me, and I offer them to you on those three topics. One thing I do, first, forgetting what is behind. couple of decisions for today, for you and me. A positive thing that we need to forget about. A good thing that we did in life. A, a prayer that we prayed to the Lord and He brought healing or transformation 15 years ago. And we keep just thinking about that blessing 15 years ago. And we don't even consider other blessings or even pursue them. We are just celebrating a thing that happened so long ago. It is good to celebrate forever. But sometimes our joys in the Lord is far gone. Perhaps you and I need to forget some of those. The other thing is a negative thing. Thing, something that you did that continued to pursue you and put you down. Perhaps today is the day to ask for forgiveness. To be released from that. And to be free to pursue what God has for you. Maybe you think you're not good. You don't say good things. That you have a, not a good job. That you don't have so much money. I don't know what is for you. Perhaps it is time to forget. Leave it behind and be free to achieve what God has for you. Second, straining toward what is ahead. Decisions for today. What is my objective? What I want for my Christian life? For my profession? For my, my life as a husband or as a son? As a wife? Bible. Knowledge of the Bible. Moments of silence and devotion to the Lord. Applying for a new job. I don't know. What, 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 what do you need to go ahead and do? We had so many opportunities, even to volunteer in the church. Studying, praying, developing something. Finding that thing that you always wanted and never had the courage to do. And, and, and perhaps it's that thing that God wants for your life. Straining toward what is ahead. Thinking about what is there. And the last one, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me, having more than Christ decisions for today. What is my, my goal? Do I really believe that there is a heaven? Am I confident that if, uh, if I die, I'll be with the Lord? What is your divine goal? What is the most important and precious thing in your life that if you lose it, you're going to be completely destroyed? Our kids are so precious to us, but sometimes they become little idols. What if a tragedy happens and we lose them? What is your faith? Is it in your profession, your family, your money, your body? Or it is in Christ Jesus. In Paul, he experienced that it was in Christ. And he was completely free to live a life and enjoy life, even as a prisoner for a season. Let me pray. I invite you to close your eyes if you want. One thing I do. I leave behind a few things. Pursue, go with strength. And I think about Christ, what He has done. Perhaps today is a day of deliverance for you and me. We are too attached to secondary things. And God wants us to see that the precious person is Jesus Christ. He is the one that will never leave us. He says, Come to me, and I will give you rest. Come to me, I will give you strength. Father, you know our hearts. You know our challenges. You know our families, our jobs, our financial situation. You know our emotional situation. You know our bodies. You know if we are dealing with a, a chronic illness. illness, And we, we offer ourselves to you. We want to pursue Christ. We want to believe in his promises. 
We want to know that we are precious before your eyes. We want to, to find that thing that you have for us to pursue. We want to put you in first place, knowing that all the other things will be coming on the proper time. Then give us faith today to leave behind what is putting us down, to pursue what is right, and to dream about and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask this trusting in his name, the one that conquered death, is preparing a place for us in heaven, and it is here amongst its people, we, the people of God. We pray in his name, Jesus Christ. Amen.